0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 301 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm CEO of the Australian Writers' Centre, where you'll find an awesome writing community and some great writing courses. And I'm here with my co-host, Alison Tate, also known as A.L. Tate, the author of the popular Mapmaker Chronicles, an Adaban Cipher book series, and also soon to be the author of something else. How are you, Al?
1: I am excited. I know. You're not fair to middling this week. I'm not fair to middling on any level. Big I'm excited news, on a, on a whole bunch of levels. Big news. Uh-huh. So, um, if you are hanging out with me on social media, on any of my platforms, because <laughs> let's face it, this was big news, um, <clears throat> and seriously, if you're not hanging out with me on all of my why platforms, aren't you? why aren't you? Really. <laughs> um, I uh, signed a contract. Uh, with Penguin Random House Australia for a new book which will be coming out well, I can't even tell you that. I can't tell you anything. I can tell you only that I have signed a contract for a new book, um, which I'm very, very excited about. And I will be, you know, hang tight with me, people, because we are going to be sharing the drips and drabs and all of the excitement and the various processes that come about with um, with publishing a book over the next little while. So yes. um, yeah, it's re- really exciting. It's just um, it doesn't get old. I'm just That's all I'm going to say. It just does not get old. This is not my first rodeo. Rodeo. <laughs> (laughs) as you know um so i um yeah this will be my seventh published uh children's book yes and it is you know i don't think you ever quite reach the heights of the first one i think the first one is yeah always going to be you know just one of those big moments um but it does it's you know it's not far off because every time you do it you've put so much work in Mm. all the way through and so it's just um
0: it's exciting and it's a massive relief all at the same time. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm very very excited. This is so cool. Very it's, very cool. It is exciting. Can't wait for it to come out.
1: So in the meantime Ooh. if you haven't read the Mapmaker Chronicles and the Adaban Cipher, mm. my other two series, go buy them, go mm. read them. Awesome. Get up to speed, get to get to know where we're up to and then, mm-hmm. you know, then you can see where we go next.
0: Yeah. Very, very exciting. Um, and we also want to give a big shout out to anyone who entered our competition for our 300th episode. How last good was that? Week. Oh, so good!
1: I asked for a amazing. parade and I got a parade. Yes. I'm so excited. I honestly, some of the uh, you guys are amazing, amazing. There is so much- creativity Mm -hmm. and so much and just I don't know Val like I read a blog post there um Mm. I think it was by Kate Gordon which just you know made my heart swell Mm -hmm. Al's cold cold heart was reached and then (laughs) and then I watched a video with a talking dog that just honestly made me laugh so much um I think that was Marinda Marinda Young that did that one it was just hilarious and I have to say Marinda I I showed it to book boy who sat there giggling like a fool the whole way through it. It was just, it was charming because, you know, he's 15, doesn't giggle like a fool very much anymore. Um, and he just was, you know, just <laughs> laughing hysterically, um, which was brilliant. But just, yes, yeah, so clever. Like there was some amazing illustration posts in there and there was just some tweets and some really heartfelt um, sentiments from all of you. And, it, yeah, so it's, it's I, I'm, I'm sifting through the entries, I'm, I'm thinking about how melted my My cold, cold heart really is, (laughs) and I am um, going to be announcing the winner in the next episode. Mm. So thank you so much to everyone who entered. You really – it just makes it so worthwhile when we can see, yeah, you know, we can see that that, that what we do when we sit here and chat to each other, you know, it really has an impact, and it's um, yeah, it's, it's not just
0: us talking to each it's other, not just,
1: <laughs> not just us banging on relentlessly about getting the book written, yes,
0: <laughs> and that's a big great. shout out to Katie Outback writer. So presumably your name is Katie and you live in the Outback and you are a writer uh, who left us a lovely review. About on the occasion of our 300th episode. And uh, she has said, Wow, what a great podcast. Val and Al have been in my ears for years and being an isolated, outback South Australian writer, they have given me a sense of understanding to the world of writing. I've learned so much and I'm grateful this podcast exists. Well done, ladies, for reaching 300 episodes and all the best with it for years to come. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave that review on iTunes, Kate. Are you because... That's just so meaningful. Really appreciate it. Thank yes. you.
1: Thank you, Katie. Yes. Very much appreciate it. I love the idea of you, like i us being with you despite you mm. being, you know, isolated in the outback. Um, and I know how having... You know, grown up in Catherine and Alice Springs, I know how isolating mm. the outback can be. So <laughs> I'm excited to be there with you.
0: Yes, absolutely. And if you have thirty seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really be grateful because it definitely helps us in the rankings. And we are getting up in the rankings. We're being displayed on um, the iTunes homepage, so on a regular basis. And uh, it really helps if you do leave that? us a review. That's so
1: exciting! Very like it was just exciting. Just you like know when we turned up in the top? books and the top mm. arts and the top and I was just like
0: oh, look at us our little chats every <laughs> <year."> <laughs> <laughs> yes. who'd, have thought? who'd have thought all right we um a post that I want to highlight to everyone which is actually on the Australian Writers Centre blog and I just really love it it's uh We'll put the link in the show notes, of course, which you'll find at so you want to be a It's called Furious Fiction Turns 21 and Fans Sign the Card. Now, in October, Furious Fiction turned 21. And if you're not familiar with Furious Fiction, it's an awesome short story competition where on the first Friday at of every month at 5 p.m. Details are released for those of you who are in the Furious Fiction fan club and it's free to join. Just go to furiousfiction.com.au and you'll get emailed uh, the the clues, not, not the clues, the parameters for writing Furious Fiction that weekend. So there's some uh, criteria that you need to follow and then you have 55 hours to write 500 words. It closes at midnight on the Sunday and there is a winner who wins $500 every month. So pretty fantastic uh, initiative. And it turned 21 in October. And so we highlighted some of the super fans, which means people who have entered every single month almost, I think, since its inception, So these are busy people who write furiously every month. And, for example, Tim Law said, I just love the challenge of creating a complete story in such a short time with no opportunity to plan ahead. It's a true thrill remembering that the first Friday of the month has arrived and the clock is ticking. And also um, Charles Manila from Victoria, who has said, I got really ill and went through a really dark period of my life. I really needed an avenue for creativity and expression. And just like an old friend, writing became part of my life again. And I never looked back. Furious Fiction was one of the competitions that I discovered during my intense recovery. And I just fell in love with the format. I've gained richer experience for writing. And since then, I've had short stories, flash flash fiction and poems published. And so it's really cool because like Michelle Upton says, in the space of 55 hours, I end up creating characters and worlds I fall in love with. So everyone enters Furious Fiction for different reasons. There are some people who write so quickly, like at 5 o'clock, and I think the record was at 5.19, as in 19 (laughs) minutes past 5 this month, Somebody had submitted the first entry. That's amazing. (laughs) So somebody was jumped on it straight away and a few people actually submit quite early. Some people wait until practically 11.55, you know, five minutes before midnight on the Sunday. It's completely up to you how furiously you want to write. But it's such a great activity and we know some people who self-organise furious fiction meetups in pubs, so they all sit together and they furiously write their furious fiction entry which Many
1: is pretty Furious-ers. cool. You have to back I off know. The Furious. <laughs> Do you know what I love to see though I'm looking at this card and what I can see here is a uh, team superfan because there's a um, there's a Twitter group that I see a lot because um, obviously I'm you know there with the uh, rider center account as well as my own and uh, I see Belinda Grant there, mm. I see Nathan Phillips there, I see Ray C. Now Ray, Ray C has gotta be like king of the super fans because, <laughs> you know, he's entered every single one. He's been there the whole mm. time. I see Carly Mitchell. Like mm-hmm. these are names that I'm recognizing because they're you know, they have their own little Little thing going on there on Twitter, their own community mm. of, of, of Superfan Group, and they are, you know, barracking and cheering each other onto the end. And I love it. I love seeing it every month. I'm looking for their names, I'm looking yes. for, their, for their avatars. So, you know, hello, Team Superfan. It's so amazing to see you all. And it's so nice to see actual proper sized pictures of you on this. Post, I know, right. now <laughs> I can see what you really actually <laughs> look like. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? Like if we went to a – I often find when we go to – if I go to meetups or anything like that or any kind of event and people come up to me and they'll talk to me and it's not until they tell me who they are, what their Twitter handle is that I recognise them because you can't – It's too small. Those little avatars are so tiny. Mm. Um, Anyway, so that's – I just wanted to say hi, little shout out to all of those people. I see you. I'm watching.
0: (laughs) You sound like Miss Helena. (laughs) (laughs) You know, on okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Robber Room School. Do Thank you, I see you. <laughs> You're <putting two> <laughs> All right. So um, make sure that you join the fan club at furiousfiction.com.au if you want to find out about the next Furious Fiction, which, of course, will be on the first weekend in November or the first Friday in November and last the whole weekend. Right, now, just some news. If you're a budding picture book author and have completed our Writing Picture Books Foundation course, so that's our Stage 1 course, Make sure you register your interest in our upcoming new online course, Writing Picture Books Masterclass. It's designed to take your manuscript to the next level, helping you to do a structural edit and perfect your blurb and pitch so you're publisher ready, which is so important. This self-paced course will be launching soon and is exclusive to graduates of Writing Picture Books, the first course. Join the launch list and we'll let you know as soon as it's open for bookings, which is very soon. So just go to Centre dot com.au slash PB short for picture books masterclass, writerscenter.com.au slash P B I've gone through the entire self-paced course, i you know, every single word multiple times in fact, and it's absolutely fantastic. So I highly recommend it. Now let's move on to our competition this week. We have Three copies of The Weekend by Charlotte Wood, the new novel from acclaimed author of The Natural Way of Things. Four older women have a lifelong friendship of the best kind, loving, practical, frank and steadfast. But when Sylvie dies, the ground shifts dangerously for the remaining three. Can they survive together without her? The Weekend. Explores growing old and growing up and what happens when we're forced to uncover the lies we tell ourselves. Sharply observed and excruciatingly funny, this is a jewel of a book, a celebration of tenderness and friendship that is nothing short of a masterpiece which is, of course, from the um, blurb of the book. And if you want um, your chance to win one of three copies of Charlotte Wood's new book, The Weekend, go to writerscentre.com.au slash win. Entries close on the 14th of October. That's writerscentre.com.au slash win. And... uh, if you are listening to this podcast in the future because you got into your DeLorean and somehow got there, then <laughs> don't worry. That's what would
1: happen.
0: This, that would be, there would be some other uh, great competition there for you to enter. All right. Now, Al, this is a really good one. Are you ready for the word of the week? <laughs> you
1: sound so excited by yourself right now.
0: I'm so ready, Val. It's not a trick question or anything, but mm-hmm. the word of the week. I know that it's not a really unusual word, but mm-hmm. I want to test you anyway.
1: Oh, Lord.
0: Okay. The a word. Test. Of, <laughs> the word of the week <laughs> is prodigal. Now, prodigal. I know. Just bear with me. Right. So, okay. Do you know the word prodigal and what it means? Well, yes. Yes. Go I on. I believe so. Yes. Because
1: now, but this is where you're going to tell me that I'm wrong. Because <laughs> there's no other reason why you would be doing this, right? <laughs> go on. The only reason you're doing this is to tell me that I am wrong. Um, prodigal, yes. You know, as in the prodigal son, yes. the great biblical tale. Yes. Um, well. I thought it I think it just means returning, you know, coming back. Aha. You
0: see, that's what everyone thinks. That's that's what what we all thought. (laughs) So many people think this, right? But they forget the whole story of the prodigal son, you see. So many people have heard the story about the prodigal son. It's a, you know, it's a Bible story. It's a fable too. Who leaves his family to go live it up in the world and spend his wealth. But then he returns with his tail between his legs. And so to his dad. And often people think prodigal means wayward or returning, right? Because of the that story. But it actually refers to what the son did while he was away. <gasps> Valerie. Uh-huh. So prodigal The, the twist in the tale there you go. is upon us. I know. The, so prodigal actually refers to someone who spends extravagantly or lives a lavish lifestyle. Mm. So I know, MythBuster, MythBuster Val. Hmm. <laughs> MythBuster Val. <bell. laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! There you go. Well, that's
1: yep. Yeah, okay, there you go. You I'm, good one, I'm huh? excited. Are <laughs> you? Because
0: nothing's gonna
1: let Nothing, Alison come down gonna from gonna her make excitement. Me less excited this week. Uh, I, I could not
0: be fair middling if I tried. Awesome. All right. So let's move on then to our writer in residence. Who is it? Al.
1: Oh, well, this is a bit fun. So this week, uh, we are talking to Pip Harry, um, who is a YA and middle grade author, award winning, you know, and very, very highly critically acclaimed. And we are discussing her latest book, which is a middle grade novel, verse novel. So we are talking about writing a verse novel, which is um, really interesting. And we had a great old chat. It was It was good. I was like chatting to you, but, you know, but different. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just like you, but different. Um, Anyway, so I hope you guys enjoy this. Australian author Pip Harry writes award-winning novels for young adults and children. Her YA novels include I'll Tell You Mine, which was the winner of the Australian Family Therapist Children's Literature Awards in 2013, Head of the River, which was long-listed for the Gold Inky Award in 2015 and shortlisted for the Adelaide Festival Literary Awards in 2016, and Because of You, which was shortlisted for a slew of awards in 2018, including the CBCA Children's Book of the Year Award. Her latest novel is The Little Wave, a middle-grade novel written in verse. Welcome to the program, Pip. Thank you, Alison. I'm thrilled to be here. All right. So let us just rewind back to the beginning, to the origin story. Um, And can you tell us how I'll Tell You Mine came
2: to be published in the first place? Okay. Well, I'll tell you the slightly long version. I'll give us the whole story. The whole origin story. I actually started writing a middle grade novel in the 90s when -hmm. I was in my early 20s. And that book was signed to Australian Literary Management at the time and was like rejected by everybody, (laughs) 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 which absolutely killed my confidence. Um, And for about eight years, I didn't write a single word of fiction. I concentrated on my magazine editing career and just turned my back on it. And then when I turned 30, as you do when you do have a big milestone birthday, I decided that I wanted to write another book. So I, um, I went back to university. I went to U, uh, UTS in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And I worked on what would become, I'll tell you mine, so a manuscript about a kind of lost, angry teenage girl who was sent to boarding school. And when I'd finished that, I sent it to a bunch of agents and signed with Cameron's in Sydney. So I was absolutely thrilled, but a bit nervous about doing the rounds again. And thankfully, I got two offers and took uh, an offer from UQP. Okay. And that was a joyous, joyous day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you wrote, you wrote the whole thing like as part of the,
2: as part of the course, is that right? Um, I was doing it on the side, so I was kind of writing. I think I did another adult novel as well, wrote 30,000 words of that and abandoned it. It wasn't great. Um, and I wrote a short story as well for the anthology, both the short story, which was published in the anthology and I'll Tell You Mine, had teenage girls as protagonists. So I kind of knew that that was more my sweet spot, writing about teenagers um, and young adults. So yeah, so I was writing, I'll Tell You Mine, on the side um, and just kind of ticking away at it okay. as I was also doing my university studies. I was also doing screenwriting and a bunch of other stuff okay. at uni. Yeah, oh, Sounds like a great course. It was cool, yeah. <laughs> Fun I times. want to go back. I'd like to go back and do a master's or, or something else in, in writing. I really enjoyed it.
1: Excellent. So how would you describe your writing process? Are you someone who, like, do you draft a lot? Are you a plotter? Are you a planner? Are you a, like, you know, like, what, are you,
2: fly by the city, a pantser? Uh, 100% pantser. Right. Hardly any planning. In fact, I'm sitting at a desk now with just papers everywhere (laughs) with little notes and I I sometimes write notes on my phone but mostly it's sitting down and just seeing where the story takes me, which is a very stressful way to write. I kind of Mm. wish I had more plotting ability. Have you ever
1: tried it? Have you ever actually sat down and gone, I'm going
2: to work this out from start to finish? I have and those novels have tended to not fly. Mm. Um, I did plot out – um a middle grade thing and it had you know chapter one two three and I just gave up on it I think because there wasn't that <laughs> there wasn't that surprise element I quite enjoy oh hang on this character is making this terrible mistake or yeah going down this path that I had not intended um you know and it's just kind of exciting for me and feels a bit new
1: does that mean mm. then that you have a lot of
2: editing to do like once you've got that first draft out yes Yep, yeah, I'm sitting down to draft, some, uh, redraft something at the moment and it is such a mess because there isn't that, you know, firm plan and things kind of go in different directions and so there's a lot of um, deleting that happens for me. Right. Or moving things around or finding the little pieces of gold and polishing up. Yeah. How do you... It's, uh, it's a bit messy. So that's
1: an interesting thing because one of the questions that comes up a lot in our um, podcast community uh, Facebook group is mm. this notion where authors will talk about how messy their first draft is and how terrible their first draft is and all that kind of stuff. But um, for new writers, there's a question of what does that look like? So for you, is that something that is like you've written way too many words you need to delete? Is it that you've underwritten and you need to write more? Or is it that you have to you, – you mentioned moving things around. Like have you just got scenes in the wrong place? Like what
2: does it look mm. like when you describe – a messy first draft. All of those things. All of those? <laughs> so, yeah. So sometimes I'll underwrite and then I'm I'm layering back through through the work, trying mm-hmm. to build. Yeah. And um, for for example, Head of the River, the YA novel I wrote, was overwritten by quite a lot and I was pulling back from that. Okay. So, you know, both. And then, I, yeah, the moving around of scenes happens a lot as well. I tend to do – I do have a process. Um, I do tend to write the first draft, then print it out and read it through mm. and make sweeping changes through that printout. Right. And then I go back and and fix. Um, right. So that tends to work for me. Mm.
1: Have you ever written one that's kind of like come out not too dissimilar to what the finished product was like?
2: Hmm, uh because of you was really different, in fact, lost a major character and was, you know, com- yeah, completely different. I think probably the closest was head of the river. Okay. I think and, – and the reason that it was closer was because I was following an actual timeline of events that happens to school rowers every year. Right, so, I so I the knew structure that, was there. Yeah, I knew that that's when they did pre-season training. That's when they would go to, the, you know, to pre-regattas. That's when the head of the river was. So I knew – that I had that timeline in place yeah, and also I was so familiar with the subject because I'd coached um, multiple crews and been in you know in races myself yeah so that was probably the closest.
1: All right so just moving on to your to that question your YA novels um, are kind of you know heavily inspired by your own experiences like school rowing in the case of Head of the River and I think in because of you um, you did volunteer creative writing workshops uh, with the homeless so when you get to the end of a of a novel, of when you finish writing them, how much of you and your experiences are still in those novels or are they just like a jumping off point for the characters to have similar experiences, if,
2: if that makes sense? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, yeah. So I don't right exactly my personal experience and the characters are very different from from me yeah but it you're you're right it is a jumping off point it's like I'm jumping into an area where I have some familiarity and I'm sort of tied to my heart is tied to it if that makes sense um you know I'm invested in it um emotionally so I know I can write about sports competitive sports and legacy and having a you know, a parent who's really good at that sport and trying to follow in their footsteps, for example, Fair to the River. Yeah. Um, and because of you, I definitely knew and understood what it was like to work in the homeless community and to, to also to run a creative writing workshop. Yeah. And that was, a, a, you know, at the centre of the book as well. Okay. So I know those things going in, but then it often changes quite a lot and becomes very different from my own personal experience.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. So we come to the little wave. Um. Tell us a little bit about your new novel.
2: The new one, the new baby. <laughs> it, so it came out a couple of months ago and it's um, my first middle grade. Yeah. First printed middle grade. And as you mentioned, it was, it's written in verse. Um, so I, I had been reading a lot of excellent children's verse novels. So I don't know if you know Kat Appel. Yes. Who's an Australian writer. She had a, a couple of books that I just loved, particularly Bully on the Bus. I was reading Irish writer Sarah Crossan's The Weight of Water and she has another one called One. Have you read those? They're just so beautiful.
1: Sorry, what was the second one called?
2: Yeah. It's called the, her first is called The Weight of Water and the second yes. one's called One. Oh, One. Okay. Which is, yep. Yeah, it's about conjoined twins and oh. it's just absolutely stunning. Wow. Yeah. And then I was reading a, a writer called Sanna Lai's um, book called Inside Out and Back Again, which is set in Vietnam. And all of them made a huge impact on me at the time. Right. And when I sat down to write The Little Wave, it came out as verse. And I don't know why, (laughs) maybe because I'd been uh, reading so heavily in that area. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily
1: a conscious thing of like, I'm going to write a verse novel, therefore I'm going to read a whole bunch of verse novels to get an idea of what these verse novels, you know, do and are, and then I'm going to sit down and do my own.
2: It wasn't that. No, it was sort of I'm drawn to reading first novels and I really enjoy that style. Mm. And then later my book came out like that. Um, Yes. It also felt quite like almost like stream of consciousness at the time. Mm. I hadn't – at the time I started writing it, I wasn't feeling very well. I had acute sinusitis and was actually convalescing down by the beach. I had a beach house and was trying to feel better. But my, I was very dizzy and wasn't sleeping well and I was really struggling to mm. to recover. And so I was riding the little wave, I think, to feel better or be in a different world. Okay. And so it was very, very dreamlike at the start and... Um, you know, very spare and quite lyrical and poetic and very different from my contemporary realistic YA's, which are quite, you know, straightforward in the language. Yeah. Yeah, and then I sort of had written half of it and just kind of kept going (laughs) with the verse. And then around 20,000 words, I thought, oh, my goodness, I've just written a verse novel. Is it any good? Is it actually verse? So I sent it away to um, a specialist verse novelist in Japan. Her name is Holly Thompson. Yeah. And I'd heard her speak at the AFCC um, Children's Literature Festival in Singapore and I literally was like, I'm sending it to her. <laughs> and I did. And so she gave me an appraisal and said, look, it's, it's really good and I think you can move forward with this um, as a verse piece. So I did. All right. So let's just talk about a verse
1: novel. What exactly, mm-hmm. for someone who's never read a verse novel, what is it? Like, I mean, obviously it's a novel written in verse, but, like, is it structured the same as
2: a novel and it's just all written in poetry? Is that how it works? You yeah, know, it's similar to a novel in that it tells a story in that way, you know, sort of a three-act structure and beginning, middle and end. Yes. Yeah. But there's the language is a lot more playful. Right. Um, and you can sort of place words anywhere you like on the page. Like you could do a shape poem, for example. Like I could have written, you know, some of it in the shape of a wave, Uh, or across the page, you know, and and things like that, which I really enjoyed. It was very fun to write. Um, Verse actually has no formal rules, though, which is what drew drew me to it, I think. So Mm. there's no rhyme or rhythm or any of that sort of stuff. Um, So I could do, like, one line on its own, and then I could do a stanza, like a traditional stanza. And, yeah, so it just gave me a lot of freedom as a writer which I, I think I was really looking for at the time.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Well, it's, it, I mean, it's very beautiful. Um, so when you are, like, from, from the perspective of did you always know it was going to be middle grade rather than YA and how did you know that?
2: Uh, I didn't really know that except that the voices of the two characters that I started with, which was a boy from the bush mm-hmm. and a boy from the beach, uh, I just knew that they were younger They just, you know, their voices came to me as sort of 10, 11-year-old boys. Um, So, at that point, I was like, I think I'm writing something for a younger audience here. Mm. Um, I mean, the other thing was I'd just written three YAs that were quite emotionally taxing, you know, and dealt with, you know, quite heavy relationships and, and things like that. And I think I was... I was enjoying with a little way of dealing with le- perhaps less complex issues and then when I got to the end of it, I realised I'd written a book with quite complex issues anyway. So that's what I do. <laughs> yep, yep,
1: So if, if I was a, a parent and – which I am clearly – but if, if I was a parent and I came up to you and I said, okay, Pip, you've written a book in verse, what's mm. it about and how do I sell it to my kid? What, <laughs> what would you say to me? What would, oh, um, the elevator pitch. Yeah, give me the elevator pitch. Like, how am I going to convince my, like, 12-year-old boy, for example, mm-hmm. Book okay. Boy Junior, to read a book written in verse?
2: Well, I think just sort of stick with it after the first page or two because it's different. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic for reluctant readers, for sure. Yeah. Because there's less words on the page. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, if I was trying to get a, a boy of 12 to read it, I would say there is lots of surfing and there's lots of um, cricket and sporty things like that, if it was a sporty person. Yeah. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff that's, like, fact-based, like, amazing facts about insects and um and things like that, which I, I think kids find really interesting. So, but basically, it's about a a manly school in the city near the beach that bring a country class out for for a visit. Right. And they also write pen pal letters to each other. So that's kind of fun as well. Yeah, So the for kids sure. get to get you know get to know each other through pen pal letters. Yep. Um, is that enough? Will he read it? Do you think? <laughs> think you'd have a crack at it you're gonna have to work on that a
1: little bit though I want you to be able to give me a 30 yeah, yeah, second like this elementary. book is about blah blah blah
2: this it's is amazing what and this is what
1: happens um yeah. was the writing process then like given like you said you kind of just sort of started and you realized that you were writing middle grade because you had these two boys and but so the, the writing process for this was was similar to your others in the sense of you
2: just kind of like worked it out as you went along Yeah, so I I did add a a girl character, um, Mm. her name's Lottie, and she came in about halfway through. And as if my job wasn't hard enough already with pen pal letters and two voices (laughs) and verse, which I'd never done before, and middle grade, I then added a third (laughs) voice. But she just wedged herself in there. And so she was a little girl whose father is um, a hoarder who's dealing with um, grief after losing his wife. Mm. Um, And I just... Saw this girl in a house full of junk and I knew that I had to rescue her, mm. which sounds, yeah, uh, which gives me goosebumps actually, but I knew that she was, she was going to have to be in it. And what? in fact, when I sent it to UKP later, I had discussions with my publisher about whether we would take Lottie's story out and make it another book. Ah, And, and then in the end, we were just like, she has to be in the little wave. So there she is. So there yeah. she is. Interesting. But the, the, the writing process was the same in that I just had to sit down on my bum in front of my computer and do it. Mm. Like first drafts are always hard. I always find them really difficult. Um, but the editing was actually quite a bit harder than my YA novels, which I found to be a bit of a surprise because I thought, well, Little Wave is only 22,000 words. So I thought it would go quite quickly and it'd be ready. I thought it would go. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't sweat so much. But... Um, I sweated over every word, every white space, every um, full stop and comma. Yeah, it was it was tough. Was it? Yeah, so I, it was yeah. more
1: it was tougher in, in some ways than the than the
2: than a pro than a prose novel. Absolutely, yeah. And that's because the, there's only words kind of on one side of the page, Yeah, on the left-hand side. So you can see every flaw and every repeated word and it's really there. Wow. So I went up through read-throughs and I did hundreds. I would just keep seeing problems and, you know, repetitive language and, yeah. So I drove mm. my publisher like crazy because I was really sending so many emails saying, change this. Oh, whoops, can you change that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, one more change. <laughs> And you would know how annoying that would be because you do work as an
1: editor as well as, as a advisor. So Yeah, I do. I'm on both sides of the fence for sure. How do you manage that as far as, you know, the rhythm of that then? And, and when you're writing, how do you keep the editor out of your first draft?
2: Oh, good question. Mm. Um, yeah, I try to be quite free in my first draft and I try not to read back over what I've written. Mm. Um, I don't know if you do that as well, but I think if I go back and start reading what I wrote yesterday or today, I'll start to edit along yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, I do. I just go forward, yeah. always forward. I go yeah. Forward, forward, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the best way. Yeah. Um, so what I tend to do is I write for the day and then I leave a bunch of notes on the end of the document. And rather than coming back the next day and reading what I've done, I just go to those notes and, and keep moving through the document, keep writing. Brilliant. Well, that makes perfect
1: sense. That's exactly how I work as well,
2: except that I usually don't even read
1: back over it until I've written about Twenty thousand words and seriously then i'll have a bit of a look at it and think yeah because by that point i've suddenly realized that i need an additional character or i need mm-hmm. a, you know, some, <laughs> some other thing so i make yeah. a note rewrite this section including new character <laughs> oh wow yeah. yeah stuff like that anyway <laughs> that's a whole nother ball game. um so you also have a, you also have a family you have a job how do you fit mm-hmm. the writing into your life
2: how do you make that work so, I do have uh, a job. So, I'm working in Singapore. So, I've been living in Singapore for about four years and naturally, I got a job as an editor on a magazine because that's kind of my background uh, and then I found that I was editing and writing most days. So, that that makes it tricky to, to mm. write at night or on my weekends. I tend to like push it to the side. So I've actually come back to Australia to do a three-week writing residency um, to try and sort of kick-start a new project. Right. Yeah. Um, So I've been working on a new book here and trying to, you know, just get my head back in the game Um, because for about a year or so, I haven't done a lot of writing. Okay. Um, Yeah. I have got a writer's group in Singapore. Um, it's a YA and children's writing group we tend to meet and share pieces like about a thousand words of what we're working on and sometimes we will also go away so uh, about six months ago I did also go to Bali on a little writing retreat which yes (laughs) because it's only like an hour and a half flight so we were like why not yeah why not that sounds (laughs) brilliant (laughs) yeah so I've got some work done there but I tend to work in bursts so I'll do a 5,000 word day or I'll do a 10,000 word weekend or whatever yeah and once the words are on the page then it becomes a lot easier I tend to quite enjoy the editing process the redrafting that's my happy space okay so for you it's more like
1: you need to carve out a little chunk get a whole bunch done and then wait for the next chunk to
2: come along is that how your time works yeah okay yeah I don't Sit down every day i'm not one of those write yes i pretty much never have been yeah. yeah i wish i was i think that would make it happen a lot quicker yeah um but i take a few years between books anyway and i'm not yeah. writing series and i'm not like i don't have a huge amount of pressure to yeah. deliver the next thing yeah so
1: yeah so the you, you said you're here on, on a fellowship for a few weeks uh, working on something mm-hmm. new was that something that you applied for or is that a was that like an application process to get that
2: Yep. So I'm here on the May Gibbs Literature um, Trust. It's a a residential fellowship. So they put writers into um, accommodation for about three or four weeks. And uh, that's in Adelaide, in Canberra and in Brisbane. Wow. And I think it's nine writers or illustrators for children that they choose each year. And you do have to um, submit the application form um, and put forward the project you're going to work on and take it quite seriously. And then they just give you time to go and sit in a place and write stuff. That's exactly right. It's the gift of time. Um, you know, one of our, our most beloved children's uh, writers and illustrators, Mae Gibbs, it's just what a great legacy she's yeah. left for, you know, for the children's writing community. It's amazing. Um, not, you know, some people don't know about it. It's uh it's definitely worth seeking out and checking out. And if it fits into your life, then, you know, it's a great thing to do. Because we all get so busy, don't we? Life is busy, in family life. We do. And it's hard to find time to, to concentrate on, you know, creative writing. I can't – I have to confess –
1: I do have to confess that I'm not entirely sure what I would do with three weeks to write. I wonder if I would probably end up reading a book and binging on Netflix.
2: Are you allowed to do that? Is is
1: that that in the remit?
2: There's Foxtel here, but when they checked me in, they were like, you can close this cabinet and not see the TV if you don't want to be distracted. Uh, they sort of left behind us, th- you know rather thick thesaurus, and I've got a desk here and and things. Um, yeah, look, I've done that. I've read, I've read other books, and um, been out and about, and I've met people. You know in the industry, I met students, talked to teachers. So I think that's also part of it is not just lock yourself in a room and work. It's also, um, you know, develop connections, you know, especially, you know, within those cities. Yeah. So for me, I'm in Brisbane, so I'm I'm making connections in Brisbane where my publisher UKP is and it's been – you know invaluable
1: mm, it works out beautifully, brilliantly um yeah. well, that was a question i was going to ask you actually because you are based in singapore at the moment mm-hmm. um but you're publishing in australia obviously do you do you have logistical issues with that at any stage
2: uh yes well i mean it's just, <laughs> yes. yes now that you are <laughs> <Definitely>. it <laughs> because I'm, uh, my books are not sold in singapore and are not available in libraries, so. Um, That can make it difficult. Um, I can't can't see my work and I often can't recommend my work if I do school visits there. I can't say, well, you can buy this book at the bookstore. So I'm not very visible as a children's um, author. So that can be difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, And also there's just the logistics of, well, I've got a book that I'm launching so I have to fly out to – wherever it's being launched um or I have to do book uh store visits and come out and stay stay with people so I stay with my mom sometimes with my sister um get a little car from the airport and try and see as much and do as much as possible
1: will you just come I'm out for like a Australia. week at a time or something and and yeah just cram it I all tend in. To come
2: out. yeah yeah once or twice a year I'll come out and I'll do um you know school visits and I'll you know visit bookstores and all that sort of stuff mm. yeah yeah the kind I could do that more often, it's, you know, sometimes you really miss it. When, yeah. when I'm overseas, I really miss it. Mm. So
1: is that the kind of stuff, is that the way that you promote your books? Is it you chunk, you're chunking that as well, basically. Mm-hmm. And are you also active online? Is that, you know, do you do a lot of online networking connections, you know, that sort of stuff?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I think I keep in touch um, online. So I've got my own website and I'm on Twitter and Instagram and, you know, Facebook and all those different places. So I can answer, you know, right away I can answer questions or chat to readers and things like that. Mm. So that makes it makes it a lot easier mm. and, and makes me feel connected as well to the communities, you know, like love Oz love Oz MG. Um, yeah, stick that hashtag on the end of a tweet or something and yeah. feel like I'm connected with that community, which is great.
1: And are you just Pip Harry on all of those things? I know you are pipharry.com yeah. if anyone would like to have a look at
2: your website. Um, but are uh, you, Yeah. I'm, I'm actually not Pip Harry because no. I was already a Pip Harry. So I'm Pip has, That's right, Haz, H-A-Z. That's right. Pip Haz. Yes. Yeah. Look at you. You're like, you're some Very like rapper. Very <laughs> Pip Haz. because, you know, when you're called Harry, it, it gets shortened in Australia to Haz, Hazza. Hazza. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Oh, um yeah. All right, well, thank you very much for that.
1: Now, we're going to finish up today with our th- usual three top tips for writers and I'm sure you've got mm-hmm. something amazing
2: for us, Pip, has. I, I do. I've thought about this earlier. So I think my three things would be, number one, get a good writers group and meet regularly with them. I think workshopping with other writers is the best way to see where your story might not be working and, or maybe where it is working. Uh, and also just a good thing so you're not alone in the journey because it's it's extremely lonely to be in your writer's cave all mm, the time. Mm. And so often I just go to writer's group, honestly, just to have a glass of wine and a chat. <laughs> um, and then I'm like, oh, oh, wait, yes, I did bring something to, to read and to workshop, um, but it's it's mainly about that connection with other people trying to do what you're doing. And the second thing would be um, do retreats um, and get Lots of words out of your system. So um, when I'm not doing organized retreats like this one, the May Gibbs one, I do my own. And I tend to invite – like I invite another writer. So sometimes my brother who's also a writer and editor or, you know, just someone who's interested in coming along and doing a bit of writing. I find that super helpful and if it can be in a beautiful but slightly remote setting, I think that's good. Do you not get distracted though and just want to sit around and chat about – because I would just want to chat about writing and drink wine. I would be terrible. Yeah, No, no, there's rules. Oh, there's rules. Yeah, nine (laughs) and five is writing time. Oh. The minute, yeah, it ticks over five, it's wine time. Wow. That's that's how I tend to do things anyway. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. Okay. You sound like a hard (laughs) taskmaster. (laughs) yeah it's like you're not going to the beach you're not going for a bushwalk you're sitting here right yeah i sometimes go um also in winter time so i've done two retreats in winter time where it's not like you do want to cozy up inside and write and put on Mm. a fire and that sort of thing so Mm -hmm. it's been really good also my third thing would be don't hold on to a story for too long i know writers who tend to polish and polish and polish and they hold on to it i think just let it go and have like like a couple of people you can send it to who are really trusted critique partners. And so that probably isn't your mum or your boyfriend or your (laughs) girlfriend or whatever. It's more than likely going to be someone who can tell you that it's, it's not working in places or you need to rethink this or this character's flat. Um, I always look for those people. So I've had critique partners who are also um, they work for agents, literary agents, um, they're also editors for magazines or newspapers yeah and they're, and they're not afraid to kind of tell me like it you know what's wrong
1: excellent that and sounds like a fantastic <laughs> always lot look at you you sound so cheerful about that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's always lots of things wrong fantastic um, all right. Well, Pip Harry, that's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. I, I hope the little wave goes gangbusters for you. Um, I will you. give it to BookBoy Junior and I will report back on, on how we go with the cricket, the insects and, and surfing. You might get mm-hmm. them in with that, I think. Um, yeah. But, uh, yes, best of luck with it and, and enjoy the rest of your fellowship. Thank you so much, Alison.
0: This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, a world leader in writing courses. If you'd like to write fiction for kids and teens, our five-week online course, How to Write for Children and Young Adults, will help you get there faster. Find your voice, create characters, dialogue and plots to fit your age group and write compelling stories that young readers will love, all in a couple of hours a week. You'll also enjoy the convenience of learning from anywhere and get your very own tutor providing personal feedback on your writing. Find out more at writerscenter.com.au/ slash children's author. How cool. Pip Harry, imagine writing the whole thing in verse. That's just... Yeah, I yeah, envy I'm that, that sure. kind of talent. Well, really. You know,
1: it's, I think, you know, I like the fact that, you know, she was quite... Quite honest about the challenges of mm. it as well, you know, because mm. it's the kind of thing where I look at the finished product of that sort of thing. Um, I have another one here by an author called Stephen Herrick, which I gave to mm. my um, to Bookboy uh, recently as well, and I just look at them and I go, how does this even? Happen, you know, so mm. I was really appreciated the opportunity to actually ask that question. You know, I just I, I only talk to these people so I can get all my own questions answered, right? You know, oh,
0: absolutely, <laughs> it's one of the perks <laughs> of the job. I mean, really, <laughs> perks <of the> job. <laughs> all exactly. right, exactly. Now, what else are you doing in the coming week, Al? Are you going to celebrate your big win?
1: Well, I, look, you know, the signing of the contract is a is a low grade celebration. It's a, um, you know, I had a couple of beers and went to dinner with my boys, which was fun. Oh, I nice. um, Yeah, because you know, the because the, the reality of it is, of course, that the the actual real work of it all starts right now. So mm. I am going to we we'll probably have a little chat about some structural editing stuff next time we talk because yeah. uh, that's that's where I'm at. Um that's where I'm I'm going to be. So I'll be looking at that um and I'll be thinking about because this is the other thing that you do when you're working through the structural edit on something is you start to think about what you're going to do next. So I'm, I'm just there, like that's, that's the reality of my life is this is amazing, mm. I'm excited, um, the work starts now and the, the true celebration for me is, is when the book arrives, when I have it in my hand and it's all, you know, beautiful and, and as good as I can possibly make it and, and then, you know, launching out into the world. So, you know, we've got a year of low-grade celebrations and heartache first and then we, then we go forward from there.
0: Very, very, um, I think that's very cool. I think you need to do more than beers. I think you need to break out the French champagne. Well no, I saved
1: the French. The French oh. is for the French is for launch day. The French is oh, for Oh, but yeah. why
0: bother? Like just have it both times. Oh, uh, because I, I just I just don't drink that much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I sure. just, you know. Yeah, it's just I'm not I'm not really. Yeah. Fair enough. All yeah. right. So let's wrap up. Where do we find you online now? You will find me at alisontait.com,
1: a double tcom You will find me on Twitter at Al Tate A-L-T-A-I-T, and you will find me on Facebook and Instagram at Alison Tate Writer. And you, Val, where do we find you?
0: You will find me over at valerieku.com but also on Twitter and Instagram at valerieku. that's K-H-O-O. And um, actually I just want to give one last shout-out to some of the super fans that I didn't mention in our earlier chat of Yuris Fiction. Um Anna McAvoy, she has entered, you know, fairly frequently into Furious Fiction and when we asked why do you love entering Furious Fiction, she said my writing group and she even gave us a photo of her writing group, um, which of course is in this post that you'll find over a on uh, in the show notes. Um, my writing group, Kylie Fennell, Anna McAvoy, Lane Thornton, Jodie Woodward, has committed to entering Furious Fiction every month this year. Mm-hmm. And I love reading their amazing stories and sharing the ups and downs of the Furious Fiction roller coaster with them. And she says, incidentally, I first met my writing group at Valerie's AWC Brisbane meetup in February 2018. And I just want to say that meetups and opportunities to connect with other writers in real life are great. Um, are uh, 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 excellent events because you just never know the magic that can come out of them and I think that this mm. is one great example. So, yeah, definitely try to get to events. Um, also connect online as well, of course, um, but if you can get to an event, that's always a good thing. All right, so that brings us the, to the end of this week's episode. Um, thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time.